Inflation for most people is causing them to use their credit cards to try and make up for income shortfalls. How big is this problem? In the second quarter of 2022, Americans added $46 billion to their credit card balances. Some of that could be you. The Federal Reserve Consumer Credit Report showed that the rate of interest on credit cards went from 14.56 to 16.65%. Those Americans struggling with credit card debt saw their delinquency rates escalate from 1.66% to 1.81%. The Cambridge Debt Consolidation program may be able to help you reduce the interest rates by two-thirds and cut your time to pay off the debt from 30 years to as little as five years. If you're struggling and you want professional and objective help getting your credit house in order, then call 1-855-435-2066. It's time for Black and White, a show that wants to bring all of us together, talking again about the issues that concern us. It's time to hear from people who only want to deal with facts. It's time for you to re-engage in your right of American free speech. It's time for Black and White. Welcome back to Black and White. And joining us today to talk about a very important subject is the January 6th, um, whatever it's being called, disturbance, riot, insurrection, whatever. It's Gregory Stenson, who uh, is from Pennsylvania and is very much involved in the Pennsylvania count and other things. And uh, welcome to the show. Thank you, Dan. It's a pleasure being here. Be surprised how hard it is to find somebody who's willing to talk. It's never been, I don't recall any subject matter that I've had more difficulty in finding somebody who's willing to talk as it is on this particular subject. If you can answer any question, I don't want you to jeopardize any of your relationships and create any uh, situations that put you in a position where you're jeopardizing somebody's trial, potential trial. So if you say, no, you can't answer that, that's fine. I just give you an opportunity to, to get it out if you need one. When do you think the decision was made on the part of the Democratic Party, I use them in a general sense, as opposed to specific individuals, that they were going to manipulate the election? That would be approximately May of 2017. 2017. And, and is there a rationale for why you picked that date? Yes. During our discovery and during our uh, our work or our investigations, I'm primarily working on election fraud. We've come across multiple FOIA requests, and the FOIA requests are, are particularly from the Department of Justice, the FBI, the SIGI, what they call the, the Council, which is the Inspector Generals of the United States. And we came, you know, working with the FOIAs. The FOIAs, in, in my opinion, plainly show that they planned the um, election fraud. They planned uh, to what we call um, subject state capture uh, to the installation of an illegitimate government. Uh, that planning uh, went back, uh, actually it's gone back decades, but it actively planned for the 2020 election started in 2017. And how far up the, up the party ladder does this desire and this plan have participation? Well, what we found is that it's a very, actually a very small group. And, and I would say central to that is the Department of Justice the SIGI, uh, and it's C-I-G-I-E. It's pronounced SIGI, but uh, C-I-G-I-E. Uh, it was formed in 1978 as the council, and it was formed after Watergate to, to, uh, to enhance government integrity and create an independent body of uh, investigators, attorney, uh, inspector generals. And initially, they took 12 inspector generals, and they said, these people are going to uh, be oversight. So they gave them uh, lifetime appointments, 10 and 15 year appointments. 
They can't be fired. They don't answer to anybody. And from that, I think, initial good intention, uh, what we've got is we've got an organization that has gone off the rails. And this organization, the, the council, the SIGI, the Department of Justice, and the FBI, uh, they've circulated. The same people have rotated through positions for the last uh, 50 years. And that includes Attorney General Barr. Uh, he's rotated through multiple positions. Uh, Christopher Ray, uh, Merrick Garland, uh, Michael Horowitz is currently the uh, lifetime appointee and the head of the Inspector General Corps. I'm going to say names that you've heard, uh, John Smith, uh, McCabe, uh, all the people who were involved in indictments uh, and the quashing of any, any allies of President Trump or anybody that would question the government at all. Um, you know, I go back, uh, I'm friends with Kurt Weldon. Uh, when I, I sat down and I talked to him a few weeks ago, I started saying names and I said, these are the people that did you in. And he said, holy cow, you know, I, I didn't realize that. They did in Roger Stone, the same group did in um, Flynn, General Flynn. Uh, the same, it's the same group that uh, is indicting Trump. And what they do is uh, anytime any evidence comes up that, of their malfeasance, because they're, they're inspector generals and they run the Department of Justice and the FBI, they're able to quash these investigations. So we found this... Um, as we were doing work on the elections and the election fraud of 2020. I've been involved in uh, election fraud and election integrity since 2020 and filed suits in 2020, 2021, 2022, and 2023, uh, myself and a woman named Leah Hoops in Delaware County, Pennsylvania. Uh, and in the course of our investigation, and to your point, what's the root cause analysis uh, what we kept coming back to when we looked at the root cause analysis is a select group of people who are essentially running our government. So when people think they go, well, Obama's running our government or it's a cabal or it's George Soros or, you know, they, there's a deep state and so forth. Uh, there's multiple theories. What we found was it's a better, there's a better explanation for it. It's a small group of people within the Department of Justice, the FBI and the SIGI that run our government. And that would, that's what brought us here today. Um, you know, we're all gonna talk about January 6th, but it's in the course of our investigation on the elections that this information was disclosed. How many people sit on this board? Oh, quite a few actually, but it's about 20 people, uh, that's it. Uh, there, there's more, it'll, it'll probably blossom to 30 or 40, but it's really a pretty tight group of uh, 20 people. And it's, how were those 20 people selected to be on the committee? Um, well, the inspector generals, they, they, they're, some of them are appointed, some of them are, are affirmed by the uh, Congress. But what we found was that the people that were appointed, they would be appointed to deputy director of the FBI, um, head of the public integrity sector, which is not a congressionally uh, mandated um, position. Um, the deputy attorney general, the chief of staff of the attorney general. So what we found was that, you know, they move through these positions where they start in the deputy position and then they, they rotate, you know, U.S. Attorney General Barr has been, you know, he was the U.S. Attorney General under Bush and then under Trump. And, you know, if you look at it, you know, just about everybody in that group, they rotate through different positions uh, within the FBI, for example, their deputy director FBI, then the director of the FBI, 
and they've been rotating in those positions for 50 years. So are you saying, and I, I, if I'm putting words in your mouth, I apologize because I'm, I'm sitting here just floored at what you're saying. Uh, are you saying that these 20 or so people have more power than the executive branch? Yes. And so they can decide, they can sit in a coffee shop on K Street with lobbyists and decide this is what we're going to do. And then they can make it happen without the Congress even approving what, what yes. they want to do. Yes, they're, they're, I wouldn't call them untouchable. They're not untouchable. Um, they have, uh, you know, once they're, the, this malfeasance is disclosed, um, I think that'll be, their, their, their lives will get a little tougher, but they're the people who decided to indict Trump, uh, for example. So if you have a group of people that are, that are willing to indict the president of the United States, uh, running the impeachment hearings, the, the names I just mentioned, I can go through and, and it'll be disclosed over the next few weeks. Uh, these names of these people, they just keep coming up and coming up and coming up. It's the same group of people. I think once people see, you know, you know, we have dozens of whistleblower cases and we have dozens of cases where they targeted people like, uh, you know, Roger Stone, I think was uh, someone they needed to isolate. We call it isolate, contain and destroy. You know, any of uh, President Trump's allies, they, they went after. And, and this isn't limited to President Trump. This goes back uh, decades. So when they didn't like something, uh, they acted. So this, is, uh, this impacts our nation. It impacts the American people. This isn't a Democrat. You, you won't hear me very often uh, malign Democrats uh, versus Republicans. And it's, it's all based on one thing, and it's called uh, progressive social reconstruction. And this is a little bit hard to take, but in the 1960s, a group of people got together and a, a gentleman named Marcus Raskin, you'll recognize the name. He's the father of, uh, of uh, I believe, Jamie Raskin, who is currently the head of uh, the, the minority member for the judiciary and the oversight committee in Congress. So his father wrote a, uh, edited a book. He was the chief editor for a book called Progressive Social Reconstruction. And uh, all of the Ill, ills that our country is seeing right now, where you know we're going to be controlled either through FedNow, uh, the electronic uh, uh, economy, um, the uh, COVID, even going back to COVID, the vaccine, um, take to January 6th, impeachments, indictments. This group of people are uh, their goal is state capture uh, to basically you know perfect that. And it's one of the things that should scare people because the, the slogan for 2024 for the Democrats, at least, and for Biden is finishing the job. So I think one of the things when people see that is they finishing what job? Well, finishing the job they started 50 years ago, actually starting in the 60s, but it's gone through and it's taken them quite a while to perfect this plan. And um, I filed allegations uh, a couple of weeks ago. I filed a formal criminal allegations against U.S. Attorney General Barr and other members of this group called the council. We call, I think if people want to know the name, we just would call them the council. And they span across multiple agencies. They span across DOJ, the SIGI, uh, the public integrity section called the, the PIN, uh, the criminal referral manager, uh, election management. Uh, this group of people, the you know, deputy director of the FBI, 
all together form the group that we they called the council starting in 1978. Um, it's been perfected through the years where we started out with, with 12 IGs. We now have, I think, 74 inspector generals that are essentially untouchable. And they- so Gregory, I, I, I'm listening with great interest to in what you're saying and it compels me. We've got about a minute left in this segment to ask this question. I don't understand how we had so many people in the administration who signed off on the FISA warrants as being truthful and factual, full well knowing that they were lying to the court and nothing's happened to them. Well, in the, next, in the next section, I'll explain how that happens and uh, the rules of the game. And when I say the rules of the game is they use very precise language. When they don't want to investigate something and they want to quash something, they call it a matter. Hillary Clinton's emails were a matter. They didn't investigate. The election fraud of 2020 was a matter and they didn't investigate. Anytime they want to quash an investigation, they call it a matter or they call it some other name other than an investigation, which they're required to do by law. And, and uh, that's the way they, they dodge out of it. And they're very good at it. And I think the Congress, uh, there's quite a few people, uh, and you know, we'll talk in the next segment about uh, US uh, Senator Grassley, uh, Jamie Raskin, and others who are very, very, very well aware of the council and, um, and other US senators that are involved. And this is the target of what we're doing now to expose this to the people in the United States and make sense of a lot of things that are happening to people in the January 6th election. We'll talk about that in the next segment. Gregory, before we go there real quick, how can people follow you and read you? I'm the uh, co-founder of a social media. I'm the co-founder of a social media platform called Patriot.online. You can go to www.patriot.online. You can find a lot of this information there, mostly on election fraud. We have election resources. You can donate. You can follow us there. And we also have a book called The Parallel Election, where we describe what happened in uh, the 2020 election. And you can go to parallelelection.com and find us there. Super. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. We are Americans, male and female, from many races and cultures from all over the world. One thing above all else is we are patriots who protect our nation and defend, when necessary, our Constitution from attacks both foreign and domestic. Today, as American patriots, we must take back our country from those who want to destroy it and us. We must start by taking back our children and their education. Parents, not union, should be in charge of our children's education. We must be sure that they are taught about the greatness of America and its people. Our children should not be indoctrinated with the belief that parents are racist and are evil and trying to destroy the world. As patriots, we must take back our country from foreign nations who want to destroy us and our way of life. Yes, as patriots, we want America to be first. We want an open and fair trade policy, energy independence, safe cities, and secure borders where we can grow and prosper as a nation of free people. Become an American patriot. Help take back America by voting Republican. Welcome back. We've been talking with Gregory, and he's uh, going to take us on another part of his journey, and that is to talk about, I'm not sure what's the right thing to call it. When it first happened, they called it the insurrection, and then as more and more stuff 
came out, then they talked about it being a riot, and then uh, they keep downgrading what it was as more information becomes available to the public. So tell us about your involvement in in January 6th and the election of 2020. Well, I think it's good to, to go back to uh, how I got involved. Um, I'm a graduate of the U.S. Naval Academy, a surface warfare officer. I was executive and a U.S. Navy diver. I was executive officer of Navy Special Warfare Unit 2, commanding officer of Explosive Outload Team 3, uh, spent a career in the, in the military, both active and reserve. And then my specialty when I got out into the civilian world was uh, security, security, information security, and specifically fraud. So I helped secure a good part of our national infrastructure. I've uh, been involved in fraud investigations, both uh, for the federal government, for the state government, for municipalities. I've recovered over a quarter of a billion dollars in funds uh, in federal investigations and state investigations, and billions of dollars in funds for commercial organizations that, um, that I consulted for in elements of fraud. I was recruited uh, by uh, uh, Leah Hoops, and she was a Bethel Township committee woman in the county that we live in. And she had gotten my name from a mutual acquaintance as someone who could help her. So um, that's what put me into the voting center in Delaware County in November 2020. So it's important for people to know, you know, it's not, I'm just not uh, about election fraud. But um, in our investigation, there's 3,143 counties in the United States, 3,143 counties, wards, parishes, they call them, depending on where you are in the country. It only takes about uh, 20, 20 to 30 counties and eight swing states to change the nature of the uh, outcome of the national election. That's it. So what they did starting in 2016, right after the election uh, where you know Trump was uh, uh, installed as president, uh, they started planning in 2017 for 2020 to you know to not let that happen again where someone who is basically an outsider and at this point i call him the probably the greatest whistleblower in the country is donald trump if people want to look at whistleblowers and people who have pointed out that there's private interests to run our government that would be president trump so they they couldn't allow that to happen in 2020 so you know i walked into that voting center in Delaware County, well, that happened to be one of the 20 counties that they targeted. What people don't realize is uh, the, the length and the planning, uh, the Machiavellian and diabolical planning that went into this. Um, when people talk about George Soros and the money that came from the Clinton Foundation and Soros and so forth to install public officials, if you look at the counting, uh, these counting centers and where these central counties were, that is where Soros targeted his money. So the district attorney of Delaware County was Jack Stoltzheimer. He was installed. Uh, Larry Krasner in Philadelphia received, uh, you know, well over a million dollars from Soros. Jack Stoltzheimer got a million dollars. Um, you know, if you look at Antrim County and Wayne County, Fulton County, DePog, DeKalb County in um, Georgia, Maricopa and Pima County in, in Arizona, Franklin County in Ohio, um, three, three major counties, Broward County, Miami-Dade, and um, the, the, the third county in Miami escapes me, but they targeted these, we call them pivot counties, and they poured money into installing 
you know, law enforcement that would not investigate come 2020. And then the next part would be people are familiar with the Center for Tech and Civic Life uh, by the term uh, Zuckerberg, Zuckerberg money. Zuckerberg raised 440 or contributed $440 million to election integrity. 90% of that money, 90% of the 440 million went to those 20 counties, uh, upper state New York. Well, these locations did not have centralized counting centers. They needed these centralized counting centers to skew the vote and to steal the election. I happened to be in Delaware County on November 3rd. We discussed it previous to the show, but I can summarize in a nutshell what I saw. And uh, as I stated, I am an expert in fraud. I have been involved in federal investigations and state investigations. So I'm a known quantity. To, I'm, I'm a known quantity to the US attorneys and FBI as, uh, as a competent fraud expert. What I saw was 130,000 mail-in ballots got uh, ran through the election on the first day, 130,000 mail-in ballots. 102,000 were for Biden and 18,000 were for Trump. Well, during the course of the day, uh, the evening, and then the next day, I saw a, a back room where all these ballots were moving in and out of. And I said, I want to get in that back room and see what's going on back there, which we were allowed to do by law, but they wouldn't let us do. So on November 4th, Leah Hoops and myself filed a uh, lawsuit, an injunction to get us back there. It took us two days to fight our way back there. But what we found was 70,000 unopened mail-in ballots. So day one, November 3rd, 130,000 mail-in ballots were run through. Day, day three, we go back and we find 70,000 unopened mail-in ballots sitting in a storeroom, 200,000 mail-in ballots. The problem is they only mailed out 104,000. And they, 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 uh, the fact that there were 70,000 unopened mail-in ballots is now undisputed. After three years in court battles, we've been in through court, we filed, I think seven cases now, we've been sanctioned six times. Um, we've been, you know, we're co-defendants with President Trump in two, three separate defamation suits. Um, I've, uh, it's cost us quite a bit. I lost my business. Uh, Leah lost her business. Uh, it, it impacted us um, tremendously, our families. Uh, I had um, my second oldest son who was working with me in my business, which we lost, um, took his life. Um, the, the cost has been very, very high to do this. And um, so, you know, I take it very seriously. And uh, we said, I said, look at the, we, we got to report this. During the same course of the same you know, day, we saw the voting machine warehouse supervisor, um, who was uh, previously the president of the US Steelworkers uh, for Philadelphia. Um, he is a, a communist, uh, states that he's a communist. Um, he went from a six figure union job and he took a $60,000 a year job in Delaware County to to oversee 8,100 pieces of electronic voting machines and, and devices. We have 1,200 voting machines in our county. We're a pretty large county, half a million people, uh, just south of Philadelphia, Delaware County. And um, just our county alone can swing the entire state of Pennsylvania. So he was here. So uh, we saw him, or I saw him, and multiple other people testified to it. We got photographs of him. Um, taking and inserting 24 what they call v drives usb v drives with uh, supposedly the electronic votes from the 
the remote precincts and you know sticking them in the tabulation servers and uh, that flipped the vote another 50,000 votes so they needed 80 they needed 80,000 votes in Pennsylvania to flip the vote uh, to give the, the the election to, to Biden uh, prior to um, only moments before they were going to certify the vote for Trump, who was ahead by 9,000 votes, minutes before they certified the vote. During that time period where we saw the unopened mail-in ballots and we questioned the mail-in ballots, um, the voting machine warehouse supervisor, uh, we observed him inserting 24 V drives into the tabulation server, which were unexplained, and it changed the vote by another 50,000 votes. So basically, what that resulted in was the uh, Delaware County in Pennsylvania changed the outcome of the election in Pennsylvania and changed the outcome of the country. On November 7th, uh, because I had uh, Bill McSwain, who was the U.S. Attorney for Pen Eastern Pennsylvania, I had him in my cell phone. Um, we had, you know, we, uh, I, don't, I don't know him well, but uh, we run in the same circles. And uh, so I called him. And I called him that, that night, it was a Saturday night, uh, early evening. And I said, hey, hey Bill, um, you know, we've got, some, we've got some serious issues here. Uh, I've detected massive election fraud. And I think that if you come, come down here and we can do a forensic team and get an image of the, um, an image of the tabulation servers, couple of machines and the mail sorting machine. I gave him like four or five machines. I said, I think if we get images of these, um, we can prove the fraud right away and put this thing to rest. So Bill knew who I was, took the allegation very, very seriously. I had already prepared a declaration uh, detailing all of these um, election violations, sent it to him. Uh, this was on November 7th. Within two hours, it went through the entire council. Uh, we have that from a FOIA request. It went up from the chain of command from Billy McSwain up to the senior counsel, his boss, basically. And then it got into Bill Barr, came in through another channel, and it went down the chain. So Bill Barr, um, his chief counsel, uh, uh, and the uh, basically the entire leadership of the Department of Justice, the entire leadership of the FBI, the National Security Council, CIA, uh, the PIN, the SIGI, uh, which I described earlier, it went through the entire government, including all 94 U.S. attorneys in the country, within two hours. They knew of these um, allegations that I had made, and they took them very, very seriously. To say how seriously they took them, the uh, head of the criminal referral section for elections, uh, a man named Pilger, resigned on November 9th because uh, of the way that uh, U.S. Attorney General Barr decided to handle the investigations of election fraud. So on November 9th, after going through this and having and from November 7th, this disclosure, he said uh, a public, uh, made a public statement, there is no widespread election fraud. And we're gonna refer to the state's attorney generals, one of which was Josh Shapiro, who happened to be running and who was a beneficiary of the fraud in Pennsylvania, and he was a Biden elector. So to ask him to do an investigation that would basically incriminate himself was, was insanity. And they knew it. And they quashed that investigation. So uh, I submitted formal allegations to the uh, Congressional Judiciary Committee. We filed multiple suits, um, multiple election suits. We know how they do the fraud. Uh, we really do. We know how they do the fraud, how they manufacture the vote, 
uh, how they swung the elections. And uh, those cases will be heard. It's taken three years. Like I said, I'm an investigator. So um, it's taken, it takes a long time to do these things. Most, pe most of the people in your show probably don't know me, don't recognize me, but they, they shouldn't. And they, and they wouldn't because we took a road, uh, we played by the rules. And the rules are that you have to go through channels, you have to file lawsuits, and you have to go through the judiciary and um, in, to address your grievances. So that's all coming to a head. Uh, one of our cases for the spoliation, we had an inside whistleblower, um, got video of them committing the fraud, admitting to the fraud, fabricating return sheets, uh, destroying paper tapes, admitting that they made the entire 2020 election up. These are election officials, including attorneys. And we have that on video. It's, it's, in, the, it's in the court records that we have. It's in our defamation case. And uh, it's in the federal case. So these cases are all before the Department of Justice. And I know we don't have much time left. I'm looking at the time. But what we found during the course of our investigation was that the root cause analysis for uh, the election woes lay with the SIGI, the Department of Justice, and the FBI. And if you look at January 6th, these people that they've uh, gone after, a key element of that is they didn't investigate how do these people get into the Capitol in the first place? Why were the barriers down? Why were the doors opened from the inside? To, and why were people waving these people in to the Capitol building and saying, hey, come on in? And if anyone's seen the video in the Capitol, uh, you know, they like to show that guy with the horns, I, you know. But for the most part, it was citizens wandering around, you know, taking pictures of the Capitol, uh, more tourists than anything else. Well, what they failed to disclose, just like they did with the elections, is they failed to disclose that they refused to investigate why those people were let in. That's exculpatory evidence that should exonerate every January 6th. When you look at this root cause analysis of this small group of people uh, imposing their will on the American people, um, I think that's the, that's the story that I wanted to talk to you about today, not just the elections. Um, I think people are 80% of the people in this country, according to the latest Rasmussen report, believe that we have an illegitimate government. And we do. I can say that with great veracity. We have an illegitimate government. Um, they've been installed, not elected. And they were selected by the council and they're controlled by the council. Right. Now, there's a, way, there's a way home from this. And, you know, if you want to do another segment, I'll be happy to talk about it. But uh, that's well, what I, I want. Would, to I would like to do another show. And... Um, uh, we need to look at our schedules and see how soon we can get you back on again for another half an hour. Um, I, I just, I have one, one question that I wanted to finish up with. Uh, is, it, is it your contention that the processes that were involved in Pennsylvania that created the false election were also orchestrated in the other 19 bus counties in the country? Absolutely. And we have proof of that. And is it yeah. beyond the 19? Is it, is it more, more widespread than, than the 20? Well, as we call the book, the book, we wrote a book on this uh, called The Parallel Election. It's a best-selling book. Most people don't know about it, although it's a bestseller. It's available on Amazon. Look up The Parallel Election. And we described uh, how the legislation was introduced into the states to change the election code, how the specific counties were targeted. Uh, and uh, we, we provide the, 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 the subtitle to the book is a blueprint for deception. 
And the blueprint was implemented in Antrim County in Michigan, in Wayne County in Michigan, in Maricopa County in Arizona, in Fulton County in Georgia, uh, amongst others. And then they ran a parallel election with ballot stuffing uh, during the, you know, the ability to put in no excuse mail-in ballots in the other states allowed tremendous uh, levels of fraud. And then, you know, everyone has seen the fact that as, as for me as an election advocate and an authorized representative, uh, my battle and the election integrity and Leah's battle has been to get transparency and accountability and be able to inspect these ballots as we're allowed to by law. It's up to the U.S. citizens and the candidates to, um, to protect the vote. It's not up to the county to protect the vote or the state or the government. It's up to the citizenry. And that's what we've done is we've applied our rights as citizens to do this. And um, we've implemented quite a few other things. We created uh, Patriot.online as a social media platform and a cloud platform where people could store their data and say what they wanted to say without censorship and complete privacy. Um, I did, like I said earlier, I did secure a good part of our national infrastructure and our financial infrastructure in the country. So it's on our own private data center. We don't, uh, we don't discriminate. Uh, we, we look for people to post the truth. We don't censor people. We don't track them. And I think that going to Patreon online, that was part of our strategy. We're also experts in technology, as, as I mentioned, and we have, uh, we're now taking video of uh, the centralized counting centers and drop boxes, and we're recording that video um, through our own resources. Um, and um, this has all been self-funded. For me, this has cost me uh, my savings, my business, my pension, uh, 401. Uh, my, I, had a, I had a nice boat that's gone. Um, it's, uh, it's cost a lot of money. And one thing I would ask to close the show is, what I'd appreciate if anybody's uh, interested in helping us, and it's a, it's a good, good, healthy group of us now. If you go to www.patreon.online, there's a donate button there. You can donate to our legal defense fund. You can donate to Patriot Online. And uh, we're going to continue pressing this. Our goal is to have a fair election by May of 2024. Give whoever the candidates are, one of which we expect to be President Trump, to give them a level playing field or level it off as much as we can. And we've been working for three years uh, strategically, not tactically, but strategically to do that. And by donating to us, I think you'll see uh, your money is well spent. Well, we've been speaking with uh, Gregory Sinstorm, and we're going to have him back. Uh, we'll check schedules and hopefully have you back within about two weeks or so. So thank you for joining us today. Thank you for joining us today. And we'd like to hear your comments or questions. So go to bwradionetwork.com. That's bwradionetwork.com. And give us your questions or comments. And thanks for joining us today.